The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited.
morning. Please be seated. I want to welcome you to Convocation Chapel here as we begin the 2022-23 academic year. It is great to be able to see all of you here. It is great to recognize our incoming class. You have been here for several days, and uh, we didn't lose any of you in the city of Philadelphia the other day, so it's always good to have you. It was great to recognize our faculty as they walked in. And I want to also take the opportunity to recognize staff, administrators, others who are here. Would you raise your hand if you serve in other capacities in the university? And let's recognize them for their contribution also. It is in this room that we begin the year. It is in this room that we pause two other times to send graduates off on the beginning of another journey. And so we begin here today and then do this in December and then again in May to send a commencement out of those who will graduate. You start your career with academic focus and you end your year with academic focus several years later. The gentleman who will lead you in that process is brand new in his position, and that is our university provost. He has been introduced before, but this is the first of the academic days of his career. And so I want to welcome Dr. Adam Porcella to come and open us in prayer this morning. Thank you, Mr. Kaywood. Uh, it was my habit, as Mr. Kaywood mentioned, uh, I served as a dean of students here for a number of years. And in that role, it was my habit to uh, welcome the new students. In particular, it was my habit to welcome them to adulthood. I found that uh, somewhat rare anymore that high school students transitioning into college really think about that transition into adulthood. And so during orientation, that was my favorite things to do for the incoming students is to remind them, remind you guys, you're adults, welcome to adulthood. In my new role as a provost, I have the privilege of welcoming all of you to this academic year as scholars or burgeoning scholars. That's what we're here to do today, to kick off this academic year. Each one of you is here to study, to learn, and to grow. You are burgeoning scholars, and we're thrilled you're here. I'm going to pray for all of you, and then we'll move forward. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, help us to realize that these are years of opportunity. You have set aside these years for these students as a time of growing in wisdom as well as stature. Grant these students the power to achieve the best that you have given them, to find their talents, to develop them, and to employ them that they may do the most in your service. 
bless these students and encourage them so that they will not know a day without the peace and reassurance provided by your Holy Spirit. And so that they might rest in the promise of your steadfast faithfulness. Reassure them that their ultimate value does not come from such things as grades or points scored, as important as such measures might be for assessing learning and skill. Rather, remind our students daily that their worth, their ultimate value rests in their status as sons and daughters of the King. I pray also for our faculty. Thank you for calling them to this ministry of Christian education and for bringing them to this learning community. I pray that you would give them wisdom and patience and that you would fill them with joy and enthusiasm for teaching and learning. I pray that you would give them the ability to model godly character and a passion for your word and world. Work powerfully in our faculty, providing them with the energy to teach our students with all wisdom, with the aim of presenting them mature in Christ, in whose name we offer these words of thanksgiving and petition. Amen. Let's stand together and sing, speak, O Lord.
Psalms 25, 1 through 10. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love. For they have been of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me. For the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. Well, good morning. It is, uh, as was already said, really great to gather together here uh, in the gymnasium for the convocation, the start of a new academic year. The word convocation means to come together, and so we're all here, faculty, staff, students, new students, returning students, we're all here to begin the new academic year. And it's been a blessed start already. Uh, the Lord has been uh, good to us in bringing you here. He's been good to us in giving us a good start to the year. The faculty and staff and their prayer service, the staff workshop, faculty workshop, everybody's been making ready for this start and it's finally here. The summer is over and we begin a new academic year. I have to tell you personally, it's uh, always good when that time rolls around that uh, student athletes and student leaders and RAs and others start showing up and then the new students. It's always nice when you leave, but it uh, gets a little creepy around here in the middle of July. It's a little empty, a little quiet, feels a little off purpose. Uh, there's a proverb that says that an unused barn is always clean. Uh, and that's the reality, right? The facilities, the campus exist to educate students to serve Christ. And so we're really grateful that you're here, that you're back, that we're beginning a new year together. It is uh, one of my uh, joys also to remind you of a very clear, biblical, and eternal truth as we start the new year. Looking out over a room like this, it is entirely possible that some of you are excited and others of you are nervous. Some of you are looking forward to being challenged and others of you are worried whether or not you are up to the challenge. Some of you, uh, this has been an easy thing to sort out and decide. For others of you, it's been a difficult decision to make. But as we begin the new year, I want to echo the words of the Lord's servant Job. Nothing can thwart the purposes of God. You are here. This is where you're supposed to be right now. And we should take great courage and great comfort uh, and be blessed by that. 
This morning, I want to call your attention to a passage of Scripture, the passage that Colby read for us. If you have your Bibles, you can open them to Psalm 25. I want to provide a little context for the passage and talk about why we're looking at this passage this morning and indeed our intention to focus on this passage for the foreseeable year, for the year ahead. First of all, Colby read the first 10 verses of David's Psalm, Psalm 25. And you can see how it connects very much to the song that we just sang. But uh, we've been now uh, engaging in a practice the last few years of what we're referring to as uh, the One Scripture, One University initiative, where we pick a verse for the year. Last year from Colossians, this year, Psalm 25 and verse 4, Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. And so I want to focus on that this morning Uh, and want to talk to you a little bit about what we mean because we're not talking about just any path. Look, you know this if you're part of Cairn University. uh, We talk about your walking a different path, right? It's in the literature. It's on the website. It's what we do to communicate who we are and what we're looking to do uh, in the lives of our students when they come here to study. For many years now, Cairn has been using the tagline, walk a different path. But we don't mean just any path. We mean that we are to walk according to the ways of God, and we are to walk in a manner worthy of Him and this calling. When we are calling you to walk a different path, it isn't just any path. And Psalm 25 and verse 4 spells this out for us very clearly. I was sharing with the new students earlier this week, and I think it's worth mentioning again. We chose the tagline, walk a different path, not because some marketing consultant told us that it was an effective thing to do. In fact, we had people tell us that that might not be a good idea, that people don't want to be different. But I'm sorry, we're Christians. We are markedly different. We look at things differently. We think about things differently. We believe in a different purpose for life. We believe in an end that is the ultimate glorification of Christ. We have views. For crying out loud, we believe in the resurrection of the dead. That's a different view than we see generally in the world around us. We believe in the shed blood of Jesus as payment for the the, the sinfulness of humankind. We have beliefs that are different. We believe that the Word of God is not just a nice book that gives you guidance for life. It's the authoritative revelation of God. We are to trust it and to put confidence in it. We don't mean that you're to walk in any way or choose any path. We chose this line because it's a very vivid picture of the Christian life and how it is to be lived. It expresses what we believe Christian education is all about. The followers of Jesus Christ are to think and to live differently. They're called to walk in a particular way and with a particular focus. And this particular verse addresses that. Now, there are numerous verses in the Scripture that address the issue of how we're to walk, of what we're to focus on, of the paths and the ways that we are to take. These are not things that we get to make up according to our own personalities and preferences. We walk in humble obedience and with a desire to be faithful followers of Jesus Christ. That's what this is all about. So if you think about that, there are a couple ways to think about what it means to walk a different path. You could focus on the the, the path, a different path, the paths of the Lord, the ways of the Lord. 
It's also a manner of, of the posture and attitude we bear as we're walking. It isn't just the path we're walking, it's the manner in which we walk. And the beautiful thing about this very brief verse in Psalm 25 is it touches on both of those things. So when you think about the outset of this academic year, I would challenge all of us, as I've been reflecting on this for my own life and service here this year, to think about the attitude and posture and disposition that I will bring to this coming year. And let this verse remind us on a regular basis about what that posture and disposition and attitude should be. In fact, there should be daily reminders for you about this. I was coming across the campus today on the walkway. You know, there was a time where we were discussing what that walkway should be called. A promenade, no. Right. Uh, 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 sort of a, uh, what was one of the other words? It was sort of a, a journey point. No, it's, it's a walkway. We'll call it a walkway. It's the walkway going across the campus. It connects that side of the campus to this side of the campus. But the reality is that if you come over here for class or for an athletic event or practice or to dine in the dining commons, you're crossing the campus, you're walking on the walkway. Let that be a reminder, not just of the tagline of the university, but of the scriptural teaching that we are to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. It's a very powerful image in scripture. It's the very first picture of the relationship between God and mankind. The Bible says that God and Adam, what? Walk together in the cool of the day. And in the New Testament, all of these exhortations about the way in which we are to walk, when you cross the walkway to traverse campus, Think about that reality. The other thing that you'll notice is all over campus now, we've reinstalled the banners that are simple passages of Scripture, all of which contain either the word walk or walks, path or paths, way or ways. To remind us constantly that this is what we are to do. It isn't just we walk a different path because we're Cairn University people. We walk this path because we are Christians. We're followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the attitude and posture and disposition of God's people is expressed clearly here and robustly in the verse we've chosen for this year's theme. Psalm 25.4 is a very simple and powerful verse that's full of implications for how we are to walk. And I want to tease out just a few of them. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Of course, it's in the context of the, the ten verses that, that Colby read for us. But it's a prayer that you have to want to pray. It's a prayer of humble obedience. It is not a prayer that says, suggest to me a path I might consider taking, God. It isn't a prayer that says, uh, Lord, if you have sort of options for me to choose from and you would like me to consider one of them, please express them to me or share them with me. It doesn't say, let me walk my own way. It doesn't say, let me learn my own path. There is a submissive humility and faith that is implicit and explicit in David's words here. It's not about us. It's about yielding to God in a way that is an expression of faith and thankfulness and obedience. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. You could read it a couple different ways just reading the English. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. The words paths and ways occur multiple times in this Psalm of David. 
He's making it clear that we don't lean on our wisdom and understanding. He wants the Lord's ways and the Lord's paths, which are good and right. Verse 10, the final verse that Colby read, all the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. Good and upright is the Lord. He instructs sinners in the way, and he leads the humble in what is right. There is this idea of faith and obedience, of humility and submission that, that, that is pervasive in this brief psalm. The words paths and ways occur multiple times. He's making it clear we don't lean on our own understanding or our own wisdom. We don't make our own way or choose our own path. And there is life and joy and blessing and fulfillment in the ways of the Lord, and this is what we should want. But this is a prayer that will require you wanting it or at least wanting to want it. Do you understand what I'm saying? The truth is we are sinful human beings. We don't often want what the Lord has for us. We would rather something else. I'm often struck by that example in the New Testament where Paul prays for his thorn to be removed. How many times, folks? Three times. And the Lord responds back, my grace is sufficient. And I can tell you that if I'm thinking, I'm in Paul's position, I'm thinking, yeah, I'd rather have the relief but my grace is sufficient. Yeah, but it's not grace I want. I don't want grace to endure. I want relief from the thorn. When we think about this throughout Scripture, to want what God wants, we are not naturally inclined towards it. But this prayer, this verse, Psalm 25, verse 4, that we want to make our theme for the year, make me to know your ways, O Lord, means that you have to want that. Now, we're sinful human beings. We don't necessarily want the Lord to conform us or to make us. But we should want to want it, and that's a start, to want to want the Lord to work in that way. I collect prayer books. I've been doing it for some years. There's one on my desk that I read from every day, The Valley of Vision. The verbs in The Valley of Vision are interesting and convicting. Cause me to be grateful, O Lord. If I'm perfectly honest, what I want to say is, when I feel like being grateful, remind me to be grateful. But that's not what the prayer says. Cause me to be grateful when I feel like it and when I don't feel like it. When I prefer to be and when I don't prefer to be. Because gratitude is an outworking of my faith in you. It's an act of obedience and humility and submission. I should be grateful always, the Scripture says. Do we want to pray this way? Make me to know your ways, O Lord. These are powerful words. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. It is not suggest to me paths that I might choose for myself. Teach me, as a student humbly subjecting themselves to your authority, teach me your ways. Now we know the scripture's clear about this. God's ways are not man's ways. Neither are his thoughts our thoughts. But his ways and his thoughts are higher than our own. We're better off this way. And David knows that, which is why he expresses this in such a vivid and robust and worshipful way. But this is not an easy thing to do. And it is complicated by the world in which we live. The cultural sensibilities that are all around us, that we see manifest around us on a daily basis, would have us to believe that we and our will, that we and our wisdom are to be the center of our life. But our calling is infinitely better than that. We are to want and to seek what God wants, what he says is best.
And so it's my prayer that daily you will be reminded by this verse, by traversing the parking areas on the walkway and and coming across the campus, by reading the banners, by thinking and talking with one another, that this is what we want, that this is ultimately good for us, that there is life and joy and fulfillment in wanting the ways of God. We are not called to walk just any path because not just any path will do. And we are not called to walk our own path because our own path will not do. We are called to walk according to the word and the way of God. May he grant us the faith and the desire to want that and the grace and ability to do that this year and from here on. Let's stand together and sing the university hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
Would you please pray with me? Our Father, in this hour, the eyes of our hearts have gazed upon you and your works in a concentrated way. Our awareness of you has been heightened, and as your spirit has worked in and through the word that you have breathed forth, we are more profoundly aware of Jesus, his splendor, his majesty, his glory, his worth his death and his glorious triumph over the grave, his right to reign over all creation, including us. We cannot coast on these impressions. In a matter of minutes, if not already, we will be caught up in a whirl of deadlines, assignments, meetings, class prep, work, leisure, pleasures, and pains. Reflection on you, to our shame, will repeatedly be swallowed up by what will present itself as most urgent, most important, and more desirable than you. We are so prone to wander, so inclined to forget why we exist and why we are here at Cairn. For that reason, Father, please sweep over us with powerful waves of remembrance that will repeatedly bring us back to resting in you. The giver of every good and perfect gift, the uncreated and infinite source of delight that lies behind all that is temporally delightful. We approach the days ahead with a gamut of attitudes and emotions. Apprehension, excitement, fear, curiosity, anxiety, uncertainty, hope, and in some cases, grief. Whatever is on our hearts, you know, and we have your sure word that even when we will not know how to pray, your Holy Spirit will intercede for us in accordance with your will with groaning beyond words. And not only that, our great high priest, Jesus, lives to make intercession for us, and in that we take heart. Despite our proud and foolish claims to be our own, we are yours. We are yours by virtue of creation. With everything else that exists, we exist for your pleasure and your glory. Those who trust Jesus are yours by virtue of redemption. We have been bought with the price of your son's precious blood, and therefore we are no longer to live for ourselves, but for him who died and was raised on our behalf. We dedicate ourselves and this academic year to you, our Father, asking that in it 
you will be pleased to disclose to us to greater depths of our understanding and trust how good, satisfying, wise, and worthy of our praise and obedience you are. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Have a great first day.